0: Everyone remember how Zoom works? Yeah, like, I was say, oh, there's like Tony. Re- yeah, like right. Tony Cones. Theory. Tony, Tony go Cones, go ahead. Go ahead, Tony. Um, can you guys hear me? Yes. I can
1: hear you. Okay. Um, you know, uh, what are your what is your assessment of um you know the trade deadline, where you guys are um currently as a team, um, what you expect for the remainder of the season and, and, and basically just why you made the trade that you made. Sure. So making trades, you know, I know it wasn't actually on the deadline the day before, but like the trade deadline is a culmination of, you know, hundreds and hundreds of calls and evaluating opportunities. And sometimes there's a lot of opportunities that you want to get something done. um, But it just doesn't make sense. And on one, you know, it takes at least two teams to uh, make a deal. In this case, it it took three. Um, But the calculus for us, Tony was, was pretty simple that um, there was an opportunity to acquire an asset that are very hard to obtain. Um, It was a, and it was a price that I wasn't, you know, none of us were anytime you're, you're doing a trade of that magnitude, there's always going to be some stuff that, you know, is hard Trade, trade deadline is hard, personally, professionally, evaluating decisions, but at the end of the day for us, um, we were acquiring something that isn't very available very often and uh, allows us to add continued flexibility and, and uh, premium assets that allow us to envision endless possibilities of how we can build this roster and be really opportunistic without being encumbered by a lack of draft picks, a lack of salary cap room. Um, We can do unmatching trades now and um, really put us in a position to make some really good decisions, Uh, whether it's in the draft this year, this summer, um, all of these assets are, are spaced out as well. So I think a lot of people look at it as like, Oh, you have a draft pick in 2027. Like, why would you do that? Because it's one of 15 and you know, it's four years around down the road. What's the draft going to be like that? And you really have to look at, um, the types of currency it takes to make big deals in the NBA. You've seen an example of that, uh, at this deadline and we can actually do those types of trades multiple times now over the next seven years if, if those become available to us. So, um, I'm just excited for that flexibility. Uh, As far as Mike, Malik, Jared, and and Nikhil, um, every single one of them contributed here to our culture and their hard work. Uh, Mike obviously had the longest tenure here and just an unbelievably special person. One of the best people I've ever had the honor of working with for or around in in my sports career of 25 years. Malik and Jared came in, bought in immediately. And Nikhil, I think we, we were able to really get him better um, and that their experience with the Jazz, uh, however long, was a good one. Um, we both we put them in, in very competitive situations where they're going to be playing in a lot of meaningful games. And the opportunity for our team now is that it opens up possibilities uh, to really evaluate the rest of the roster. I think you guys have heard me say um, at the beginning of the year that this was going to be a journey. And I think Coach Hardy has done an outstanding job um of giving opportunities uh to players that to see where they are in their development. Uh even though our roster was pretty unbalanced and hard heavy with a bunch of players that probably deserved to play uh more minutes, but were just limited because we had so many, you know, solid players. So this opportunity, this trade opens up opportunities for those players uh for us to get to know them in bigger roles and so by the end of the season that we kind of know everybody down 1 through 15 on the roster we know what we have go ahead Andy sorry sorry for the diatribe
0: hi uh, Andy hey Z. what's uh what's your plan with Russell Westbrook
1: so Russell and his agency uh uh Jeff Schwartz, uh Danny and I have had great, great positive discussions with with Russell and, and Jeff. Um Russell Westbrook, in my opinion, is a Hall of Famer. Uh he's accomplished so much in his career here and has shown that he can still play now and for years to come. Um we are open to all sorts of possibilities with him. He has been very positive on uh, being here in Utah. Um And we've been very open to the possibilities of him. It's just ongoing discussions. I think it's important to know that he needs probably needs some time. I mean, this is the first time in his career he's been in a position like this. And we want to be very transparent of where we are as an organization. And he's been very open to different, um, different roles in that. And so we're just kind of giving him some time and continuing to talk. So there haven't been any decisions made. Um, There haven't been any possibilities eliminated, Um, but I've been, it's been, he's been great. He's been great to talk to uh, such a professional and, and actually very complimentary of the Jazz and the organization and is open to being here. So we're just going to give them some time to kind of figure that out and uh, continue to talk.
0: A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up.
1: They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die
0: today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said... You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, go ahead, Ben. Uh, Jay-Z, this might be difficult to articulate, but can you break down kind of the value of a lightly protected or unprotected pick versus some of the other firsts that, that do get made available that usually have pretty heavy protections?
1: Um, well, Ben, you should just read Andy Larson's article on it. He had like lots of cool charts and pie charts. And, um, I think it's really hard shout out to you, Andy, but I, I would probably disagree with a lot of your premise, but I don't want to really get into a philosophical argument right now. I think Ben, the way you look at it, I know you guys cover other sports too, right? So I've had questions like, Do you have like a point system valuation of draft picks like the NFL does? I think it's, it's harder to put like an intrinsic value on a pick other than the scarcity of those picks, the, the pure flexibility of those picks. Um, You can look at, you know, probably the biggest trade that was made during the deadline and saw what, what that type of, Return you needed to provide for, you know, arguably a top five player in the NBA under contract. So we could, we could do that type of a trade multiple times. So that's where you kind of look at the value of it. So we have 15 of them, two of them lightly protected. You know, there's other teams that have a lot of, you know, first round draft picks going forward too, but the quality of ours is the best in the league. And whenever you have an opportunity to add to that, um, you have to do it. I don't, know if that, I don't know if that pick is available this summer. I don't know if we would have the ability to get to that pick this summer. Maybe. But now that this opens up just endless possibilities for us to either take on money, create, aggregate up to different salaries, take on unbalanced contract, you know, unbalanced trades. We have to match money a lot here you know, in the NBA for trade rules. Um, So it's difficult in the NFL. You have a lot more draft picks. You have a lot more players. You have first through seven rounds. A lot of that stuff is done up until the last five years. Most of the NFL trades, the majority of those happen on the draft or around the draft. So ours happen year round in the NBA. So the value of that pick is the possibilities it creates when you have it, even if it's four years out. Did I articulate it okay? All right, then next up we'll go to Eric. Hey, Jay Z. So obviously you mentioned um, the value of getting the pick, but also you lose a fair amount of veteran players, I guess. To what degree was this deal motivated by? wanting to give like younger guys a chance to play more minutes in, and see what you've got with the likes of Colin and Ochai and, and guys like that. Sure. So, like I said before, coach has done a, a great, great job of giving opportunities um, to the players where, where it merits, but he was juggling a lot. Make no mistake. the The main part of this trade was ability to acquire an asset that, again, doesn't come up very often it, it, that's available. And the cost of that was, you know, three veteran players, you know, I'd include Nikhil too, like who's been in the rotation Four, four players that have really contributed to us this year. And so that it's always hard, you know, like you'd love to be able to do that too. So the upshot of it, you know, is acquiring that asset and then the flexibility in Salary cap room. And yes, you know, having more minutes to, you know, provide for our younger players to see them in bigger roles and see what they can handle. So at the end of the year, we kind of know even more about, you know, the young players we have under contract in our roster.
0: Andy. Casey, obviously we just had
1: the Kevin Durant trade where a bunch of picks and, and good players were traded for superstar you guys are familiar with that kind of trade. What is the chances or what is your guys thinking about using your own uh, group of picks, your own assets in order to make something
0: happen like that? Uh,
1: I mean, I, I think, you, hear me? you, yeah, you kind of were going in and out, but I think I understand you were just saying that, you know, what are your thoughts on like, the Kevin Durant thing and what are you guys think about our room and, and assets going forward? Something like that?
0: Yeah. Essentially. Do you think that you can make a similar deal? Can you, What your thoughts on potentially using your picks to trade for a superstar moving forward?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's why you do deals like this to be flexible, to be very opportunistic on when those opportunities arise. I mean, they don't come up often but sometimes they come up and then you just don't have the firepower to go do it or you're not in the right set of team building and i think where we are with the foundation that will has helped grow um where we are now and the continued information that we get for the last 26 games of the season coupled with the flexibility and the assets and there's no converse there's no transaction of that level that we're not going to be involved in if it makes sense cuz we have the ability to do those so i'm excited about that if if that comes up but you never know when andy right 6 months is an eternity in the nba i don't know you know we could make a prediction right now well, i can't but like we could make a prediction right now of who could be available who couldn't but it could completely be turned on its head in 6 months it's what the nba's become
0: all right, Ben. Uh, can you give us a little breakdown on uh, your knowledge of Juan Toscano Anderson and Damian Jones? Sure.
1: Um, I had conversations with both of them uh, after the trade, and uh, they passed their physicals today. They'll, they'll be joining the team in New York. Um, obviously, it's going to be on the second night of a back-to-back, not much practice time acclimation. But they'll both you know, have opportunities for them to get to know us and us to get to know them, see how we can help. Um, you know, see if there's an environment here where there's something going forward, but I'm excited to get to know them and, and, uh, they're hardworking guys. They have skill sets. They've shown their NBA players. Um, they're still fairly young in their careers. So just seeing, you know, once we get them inside our walls for a period of time and be able to get to know them and have them get to know us. All
0: right. I think last call anyone. Nope. All right. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate your time.
1: Uh, Thank you, guys. Travel safe out there.
0: Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America.